0: This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hey, hey, welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast. Studying languages might not be the most intuitive choice uh, when talking about positive psychology. However, my goal with this podcast is to show you that positive psychology is inherently practical and that you can use it to just do about anything better than you otherwise would. So the idea for today's podcast actually came to me in two halves, so to speak, all right? Number one was a magazine journalist interviewing me, and she asked me, well, it's it's a weird question, but do you have an opinion about what positive psychology can do to help someone who's trying to study a language, an expat who moved to, in my case, Zurich, Switzerland, and needs to learn German? But it doesn't really matter if it's German or any other language. And the other thing that happened is that I was recently in Colombia, and discovered that my Spanish is better than I thought. So now instead of wasting that, I thought I should take an exam and I haven't enrolled for it just yet, but I will do that in the next couple of days. So now I'm studying quite a bit of Spanish whenever I'm waiting for the tram, I'm convincing people who I've I've been having lunch with for years and who are Spanish native speakers to switch and that is pretty weird. And sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's hard for the other person because they feel they can't relax. However, that's what's going on. So because I feel so passionately about learning languages, I thought, well, yeah, let's do an episode about this. And if you are not into learning languages, don't go away just yet, because I think that some of the concepts that you hear, they're actually applicable to learning just about anything that is kind of challenging and needs a little bit more than a couple of hours to to master or even to to get the basics. So what I'm saying here is totally subjective it's my opinion so you know don't don't think all of it is about positive psychology. However, of course the The concepts that I use to kind of look at languages, they come from um, positive psychology, as um, those of you who listen to this show will know. Now, before I get into the psychology part, I just want to talk about a couple of problems that I see with conventional language learning. Now, I don't know where you are. But I'm in this tiny little country called Switzerland in the heart of Europe. And the thing is that we have four official languages in my country, which means they think they need to force us to learn at least one other. So you basically, the idea is you grow up, um, you know, speaking German or French, and then you have to either learn French or Italian depending on where you live. And me personally, I was tortured with, you know, French lessons for about eight years. And the only thing I ended up being able to do in French was, you know, ordering an orange juice. And that's it, which is a shame because actually I, I am quite good with languages, if I may say so myself. I'm, I'm pretty lazy. But if I actually put my mind to it, I can, you know, I can do it. So being able to order an orange juice is quite sad after eight years. I used to say I should have, you know, we should have done pottery because at least I would have had something to show for it. However, now that I actually, well, I started to study Spanish 10 years ago, but then um, gave up on it because something else happened in my life. But I have to say, if you... Try to study Spanish. It definitely helps if you have a French, a little bit of French background, even if you can't have a decent conversation. And I was never able to have a conversation in French whatsoever. Now, I can have conversations in Spanish, although, of course, there are lots of errors. So, what are the problems with conventional language learning? Well, in school, we just focus on completely the wrong stuff. And that's not just my opinion. That's also the opinion of, you know quite a few polyglots. That, those are people who can speak multiple languages pretty fluently, one of them being Benny Lewis, who has an awesome website called in 3 monthscom And, you know, if you start out with grammar, it's completely pointless because it's boring. And what are you going to use the grammar for? You don't know anything else about that language. So it really makes absolutely no sense to do that. Um, we memorize lists and we conjugate Verbs And this is incredibly boring, so it creates the opposite of positive emotions. It links language learning to the most boring, you know, the most, how should I put it? Like, it, it just links language learning directly to the negative emotion of boredom and tediousness, basically. And the other thing that goes wrong with language learning very often is that there are some psychological hardships of being a language learner which are hardly ever addressed and i mean i don't know about you but most people don't like to feel a moron all day and if you are in the country and you don't understand even the most basic stuff it's it's not just about you know the words and the grammar it's also about being able to deal with that feeling that you're somehow inferior and we're not prepared to do that And, of course, there's a complete lack in most cases to learn, a complete lack of motivation to actually learn a language. We often are forced in school, like I was, or maybe you were, if you live in the States, you were probably kind of made to do some Spanish. And if you live in England or Ireland, they probably tortured you with some German every once in a while. And... Later in life people think oh it will look good on the CV but that's that those reasons are really terrible actually they're not you know it's not the passionate kind of reasons which really pull you forward so those are some of the problems that i see with conventional language learning now as those of you know who listen to this show quite you know regularly you might have encountered the perma framework quite a bit well just a few words about perma in case you haven't PERMA is an acronym which explains how flourishing is accomplished and I like to use it because it's really easy to remember. PERMA stands for positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement or accomplishment. And I you know, let's start with positive emotions, okay? So Infusing our studies of languages, or anything else for that matter, with positive emotions is absolutely vital to stay motivated. It's pretty tough to to pick up a new language, especially if you've never learned a new language before. And I remember when I was studying English, man, I mean, it was tough. However, the reason, the only reason I actually became fluent in it and can, can do what I can do now is basically that I I just you know I, I was like alright I, I need to get out of school I need to just you know <laughs> try to do this stuff and do it my way and of course I, I will not lie to you like I mean I solved tons and tons of exercises I did a lot of grammar and all that kind of stuff so it's not like I could get around doing that however I also had a lot of fun and I would like to talk about some positive emotions not just well, infuse it with positive emotions, but just highlight a couple of specific positive emotions which you can tap into as you're studying a language. Now, the first one I thought about was interest. So, if you've never learned a foreign language before, chances are that you think, well, basically, I only need to be able to say what I would say in English in this other language, and that's it. However, the way people communicate is completely different depending on on what language you're talking about. So, for example, lots of people know that even the Brits, and they speak English, but their English is very different and it's very polite. It's it's more polite than, than American English. And on the other hand, let's say Arabic or other like Persian languages, they are often very poetic. They use a lot of imagery. They are, you know, they're a little bit like these, um, you know, uh, Arabian Nights style kind of how they communicate. Um, And some people who come here, I wouldn't know this, but some people who come here say that German is very, very precise. So you don't just learn new vocabulary. You don't just learn new grammar. What you learn is a completely different way to communicate and to express yourself. And at least to me, to someone who is actually into psychology, I think this, you know, this is a way to to be interested in the world in a very specific way. So, maybe you're not a, psycholo- a psychology nerd like me and uh, but if you're not, you know, just think about how language can kind of pique your interest in all different kinds of ways. For example, I don't know, maybe you love to cook, you know, so you kind of look at recipes in that target language, or maybe you love literature, or you're into sports teams, and I don't know, whatever it is, there is always a way to kind of connect interest with learning whatever language it is that you're studying. Then, uh, gratitude and hope. To me, seeing how nice lots of people are if you try to utter a few sentences in their language, and this is true especially for languages which are not global languages like um, uh, English, Spanish, or or Chinese, it it fills me with a lot of gratitude because people they are you know they are so they are so surprised and happy that you actually took the time to just even master if it's just like fifty words they they go out of their way to to make sure that you feel welcome. At least that's been my experience a couple of times. And and that's something that I, you know, I I am someone who for whom gratitude, the feeling of gratitude, maybe I don't express it enough, but feeling grateful is something that's important to me and I always felt grateful as I was learning whatever language it is what, that I was focusing on. Then there's pride. Now, if you just speak one language, Many things which are routine are incredibly boring. Ordering food, asking for directions, or taking a taxi. It's, it's no big deal, isn't it? I mean, it's not a big deal for me in my city either. Unless I get the food I ordered in Turkish or Spanish. And the onions are actually not in there. Awesome. And I actually arrive where I wanted to go. And I don't know about you, but like these dumb little things, they make me feel like a freaking superhero. And how often are you allowed to feel like that as an adult? So learning languages, you can really, I don't know, but I feel like it's a little bit like being a little kid again with the bad things, which is, you know, the grown-ups are basically making all the decisions. That's how I sometimes felt when I was, for example, in Brazil, you'd just be like, All right, apparently we're all getting in the car now. I have no idea where we're going, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, But it also comes with the cool stuff. So everybody's terribly excited if you just know what the word salt means. (laughs) And, and, you know, believe me, it's fun. Then, um, unsurprisingly, amusement. Uh, I think in daily life, it's easy for all of us to just take ourselves way too seriously. And when we're studying a language, there will be misunderstandings and they can be hilarious like today I said I love tongues instead of I love languages I mean if you think about that literally it looks quite disgusting like it can get some quite disturbing imagery in in your head if you wanted to but you know that's part of the fun and one of my best memories actually was when I visited Amsterdam I was I don't know was it 17 years old I think and I asked two old ladies in Dutch uh, where the zoo is. And they thought for some reason that I was asking for the train because zook, that's like in German, it's, um, it's very similar, right? So I ended up acting out different animals. So it didn't even occur to me to switch to English. I have no idea if these old ladies even spoke English or not. I don't know. But instead, I started, you know, imitating animals and and my friends, they were so embarrassed and watching from a safe distance but also cracking up, and when the ladies finally figured out what the hell it is that I was trying to say, I mean, we almost all toppled over with laughter, seriously, it's, it's one of the sweetest memories I have of Amsterdam. So, it doesn't need to be a bad thing if you make mistakes or if nobody understands it, uh, as long as there's humor as long as there is humor with it. Now the second element of PERMA is engagement. Now as I pointed out, academic learning can be quite boring, so thinking about how you will stay engaged over the long term is important. I like to try to use materials that I'm already interested in. So for example, I will look up favorite TV shows or books in that language. And this has the advantage that you actually, if you are looking, watching your favorite movie or your favorite TV show, you already kind of know what it's about. So on my flight to, to I think Colombia it was, I watched Bridget Jones in Spanish. You know, I've seen Bridget Jones a million times, so I can completely focus on the Spanish. I had a lot of fun and, again, I felt like a superhero for understanding what's going on. Yesterday or the day before, I checked out. You know, I was trying to see if I can find um, uh, the the show Friends in Spanish. Of course, it's called Amigos, and and the nanny from the from the mid nineties, which is hilarious in Spanish, as it is in English and German. So, yeah, if you kind of go through the stuff that you are already interested in, chances are you will stay engaged. Now, hang on, I don't. I wouldn't recommend to exclusively focus on this, right? So I would really do this especially kind of at the beginning um, and maybe to the Mm. middle. So until you get some kind of, you know, until you feel a little bit, you know, confident using the language because it would be quite a waste to, you know, be able to speak and understand Spanish fluently but then never ever experience actual Spanish movies or literature or South American movies or music and stuff. So I don't want to say like oh watch, you know, everything just that you watch anyway, you want to expand your horizon, but it's a great gateway into into getting comfortable with the language. If you can't get yourself to Do your grammar exercises. It's still better to do something in that language than nothing at all or even worse, giving up. And of course, yes, you can't neglect, you know, grammar forever, especially if you want to do, if you want to take an exam or something. However, it really helps with engagement to sometimes just be like, you know what, doing something is better than doing nothing. When it comes to the third letter in PERMA, the third letter stands for Relationships. Now, whenever possible, I try to establish new relationships. especially when it comes to languages, um, if your brain has never spoken any other language than the target language with that person, it will simply not occur to you to switch to English. It's a weird thing. Like You you get to know someone in, in a particular language, and then your brain just assumes that that's somehow the only language that person can speak, even if you know that that's not the case. And if you're not quite sure... How to find people who speak your target language. I can recommend stuff like uh, meetup.com. And, you know, pages like Benny's page. Benny Lewis, the guy I I talked about. You know, fluent in three months. Just go check that out. I think there's a forum. And, uh, yeah, you can find people who speak whatever language it is that you're looking for. And yeah, maybe it's not realistic to think about making friends instantly in a new language, but even just ordering food or asking about a, you know a bilingual colleague something can be a pretty good start. Then I also like to use existing relationships as i mentioned at the beginning a few people i know they are native spanish speakers so why not speak spanish with them now this can be weird and with some people i've also noticed that i feel pretty shy and like my 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 spanish or my turkish or whatever it is just seems to disappear completely but with others maybe just the first three or five minutes are weird and if we can you know, withstand three minutes of weirdness. Suddenly, we'd actually have an awesome conversation, and that's precisely what happened to me uh, Friday a week ago and today for lunch. A friend that I've been speaking Swiss German with for you know ever since I know her. She's from Peru, and I I said to her, "I'm like, all right, come on today, please, just let's speak in Spanish." And so, yeah, leverage your existing relationships. Then when it comes to relationship probably one of the biggest reasons why people bother studying foreign languages is falling in love now this can be romantically you know if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend but honestly it can be I found it can be any kind of love so for example for me the reason that I started to study just a little bit of basic Turkish was that someone I worked with, I felt about her like my little sister. She was, you know, and and I wanted to communicate with my little sister in another <laughs> language. And that's how I felt about it. And yeah, so, all right, okay. Now I know that I've been mentioning Turkish and Spanish. Um, if you're Turkish, please don't challenge me just yet because completely buried I'm completely focusing on Spanish right now but I promise you I will get back to it because I happen to love the Turks so whenever I'm in Turkey I definitely will get back to it alright so the fourth letter is M for meaning and to me traveling and you know learning about the culture and the language It has many benefits but one thing that I feel, and this is very personal, is that having friends you truly care about in lots of different countries, it's a little bit like doing peace work. It's like peace building and what I mean by that is that if you know that just one person you really care about is in a particular place, there is no way in hell that you can be okay If your government or somebody else's government decides to throw bombs on them, or if there's an earthquake, or if the newspapers are writing racist stuff. It's just never going to be okay if you have people you care about. So for me, studying languages is also actually in a weird way I know it sounds a little bit grandiose but in a weird way it's also related to kind of making peace you know and contributing to peace it's not like I can make it myself unfortunately but and I know that of course you can thanks to global languages like English and Spanish you can have friends from all over the world without needing to study another language however I'm sure that if you actually took the trouble to master another language in your life or if you ask someone who has they will all tell you that most people in most countries relate to you very differently if you can speak to them in their own language so I talked about this kind of this style of peace building but the important thing is not really what I do the important thing is how can you attach meaning to your studying of languages which values um, are are they connected to, you know? And this can be very different things. And that's something you might want to explore. Now, the last letter, A, stands for achievement or accomplishment. And um, I took several language learning, you know, tests, some, several of these um, certificates and all of that. And while then, they can really be a good way to focus your energy. However, just in case you actually want to use the language in the real world, no local will ever care about your test scores. And that might be something that you should remind yourself in case you are stressing out about test scores and stuff like that. Unless, of course, you need them to get admitted to university. But even then, stressing about them will probably not be very helpful to you. And success, it really comes from Confronting your fears and doubts and mastering the language more and more. It's really about a development. It's it's rather than measuring achievement as a single result, like a grade, I think you should really make sure that many things along the journey make you feel successful. And I've noticed that with myself. You know, sometimes if I just focus on the books or the test for... For, you know, just a couple of hours or a couple of days even. And I don't succeed. I feel very bad. I have a lot of doubts. I thought, oh boy, boy, I was delusional. Uh, my my Spanish or my English or whatever it is, it just sucks. And But actually, there are many little successes. As I said, you know, feeling like an everyday hero. Being able to have an actual conversation and not just about you know, the kinds of foods you like to eat or your hobbies, but actually being able to talk about elections in a different language, that those things are all successes. And if you, you can use language learning actually as a way to calibrate and sensitize yourself to your own successes. So that's what I suggest. So the questions that follow for you are, How will you build lots of little successes, sorry, sources of positive emotions into your learning success comes last? How will you ensure engagement and avoid boredom or at least have a strategy to deal with boredom? Because as I said, some of the stuff you won't be able to avoid if you, you know, need to do an exam or something like that. How will you use existing or new relationships to further your goals? Can you link your language learning mission to your core values to derive meaning from it? And how can you define success without setting yourself up for failure? And I think these questions are valid regardless of whether you are thinking about studying a language or, you know, it can be something else. It can be about a graduate course or something or anything you want, actually. Now. I don't think this would be complete and you know realistic without addressing some rough rough patches and there are rough patches I mean let's face it if you you study and study and it just sucks and these little everyday successes you know in the beginning there are lots of them but then there's a plateau and maybe you don't feel like you're progressing what can we do then which positive psychology concepts are helpful now the first and if you're interested in any of these there are separate podcast episodes for each of them. So the first is mindset. Mindset is absolute key. If you think that only smart or talented people have a shot at languages, you will probably not get any far, uh, very far simply because you are too discouraged to even try. If, on the other hand, you value each situation as a learning opportunity, analyze your mistakes, but also what you did well, and, you know keep the fun in it. You can go pretty far Even if you don't have talent and by the way the guy that I keep referring to this guy Benny Lewis this uh, polyglot He didn't master or learn any other language Properly before he was 21 years old Alright, so it's not like he had You know five languages under his belt by the age of seven. That's not what happened he did it because he he, he, found, he found the passion, the true passion while he was traveling for learning languages. Now, another concept is resilience. Now, I'm not going to go into any of these too deeply. But just to recap, for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, again, let's remind ourselves of the ABCs. A stands for adversity. What are the situations which make you feel bad about your language learning journey? You know, what are they? Is it when you're reading stuff? Is it when you're speaking? Or are you fine speaking face to face, but it's hard when somebody speaks to you on the phone? what exactly is it and the more precise you are the more likely you are to find a solution then the b stands for beliefs what do you think in the moment when you make a mistake or when you would like to give up or things are not going well what do you think about in the moments when you feel successful and you totally want to keep going those are your beliefs and then c stands for consequences what are the consequences of these feelings and thinking about the You know, addressing the rough patches through resilience, definitely, definitely very helpful. Because I really believe that the biggest enemy we have when it comes to picking up languages is ourselves. It's, it's really nobody else, and as cliche as this sounds. Now, you might like to listen to episode 35 on resilience if um, you're interested by, um, in this. And you have unkind thoughts or unhelpful thoughts while you are studying. And then there's humor and fun, which I referred to before. And it can be quite stressful to feel incompetent the whole day or even for a couple of hours or minutes. And again, as I said before, taking ourselves less seriously helps. And, you know, when I was studying English, I would pace the living room reading Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. And... That was not homework. Nobody told me to do that. I have to this day not met anyone who read out plays while they were studying. But for me, I just did it because Oscar Wilde's writing made me laugh. And my attempts to sound like a dude no, not a dude. Well, a dude and a duke also made me laugh. And that's, you know, okay. Language learning doesn't have to be as boring as it is at school. We don't have to sit around for, you know, eight years and not be able to have a conversation. These things can happen way faster. But another concept that's really helpful, again, it's very cliche, but I think it's still, it wouldn't be complete without it, is acceptance. Everything you learn needs to be followed up by an actual biological reaction in your brain. And those... You know, those nerve cells, those neurons on top there, they're not trying to annoy you. They just need a little bit of time until they know how to do, what to do, and what to change. And that helps. And it might take time. And studying something as complex as language, it does take time. And that's just the way it is. And some days, you might seem to understand everything. And on other days, you will understand nothing. And that is just how it is. And if you prepare for it, it's probably going to be a little bit easier to accept it once that happens. And of course, finally, um, using strengths. Last but not least. I mean, if you try to integrate them into your studying, that can be really helpful. And you can use them also to refuel after tough sessions, which might have sapped your confidence and energy. That's called something we call, we like to call the strength sandwich. So, for example, you do something that you're good at and feel strong about that gives you a lot of energy. Then you do whatever it is that takes energy away from you that is hard but absolutely needs to be done. And then you follow it up again with whatever it is that gives you a lot of energy and joy. That's something you can do to improve your chances of learning languages. And of course, learning and studying languages can be a strength in itself. To me, it gives me energy. It makes me happy. Not every single session, not every single exercise, but in general, I like languages for tons of different reasons, as I'm sure you can tell, if you've been listening up until here. And I just want you, if you if you would like or always wanted to you know study language learn about it learn about the culture and really take these tips and please just do it don't forget about your strength strengths indulge in the stuff that you're good at because why not it's gonna strengthen it it's gonna make you better at it and it will help you to train the stuff that's a little bit harder now I'd like to conclude this with a few random thoughts now Nowadays, there are some smartphone apps which are really, really helpful. I don't know if you're too young to remember the days when we actually had to write on index cards. God, it was so freaking tedious. And now, now, thank you technology, we have all these awesome apps where we can study vocabulary. We can do, you know, verb conjugations and Google phrases and and it's just made it so much easier. And if you are looking for a vocabulary app, I can recommend Word Power. It costs 10 bucks, but it's absolutely worth the money because you get the image, the English, and your target language, target language, English, and the proper pronunciation. And I'm, by the way, not paid to say this. I'm just telling you what I like to use. Um, then you can Google the verb conjugation apps one that I love for Spanish, and it's really, it's it's seriously the best app ever when it comes to conjugations, and I think it, it exists for other languages as well. It's called verb forms. That's also really good. For phrase books, just Google, whatever you need to do. Now, I don't consider myself as an expert or anything, and I don't even speak that many languages compared to some people I know. However, there is one tip that I have for those of you who actually stayed until now, you know, for those listeners who pushed through, and that is for one weird reason. I've never heard an English, uh, English or other foreign language teacher mention this. I've never read it in a book anywhere. But one thing you can do to to work on your pronunciation is that everybody will tell you to pronounce. the the individual word correctly. What they don't tell you is that every language has its own melody. So, British English, for example, has a very different kind of melody compared to American English. And if you just try to memorize it, the way you would memorize the melody of a song it will actually help you to be mistaken for a native speaker, even if you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. And really, I mean, I'm not saying this lightly, but there was never a better time in history of the entire human or other, you know, whatever, you know, animal or Thing you are, there was never ever a better time to study languages than now. It was never easier. Technology gives us the tools, and traveling is cheaper than it ever was before. So, really, please go for it. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at Kristen at For show notes and more, Head over to www.strengthsphoenix.com. xcom Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yoghurt. En tu manier van kampen komt u dan alstublieft direct naar Nederland. Het is belangrijk, heel belangrijk. Meneer Lifting wacht op u. Hey, est-ce que tu parles français? Non, je ne parle pas français. Mais Et je ne veux pas parler français. Pourquoi? No, me gusta. Porque yo prefer, prefiero prefiero español, porque es más de pasión para mí. See see, wee wee. Do my best, be bad, goodbye, ciao ciao. Hasta la vista, baby.